redo this. We're gonna redo this. We're gonna redo this. They oh, know. I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal with this. Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions, we've got answers. Or at least we will search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform a response to the questions you have. We love Jesus and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix Culpa by Keen's Kaleidoscope. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back into the Fluent Grace podcast. We are at episode number 15. Dun, 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 dun. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. That's the drum set music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's two weeks in a row that Tyler's referenced wrestling. So I love that. starting to see a pattern here. I would like to see Tyler and Colin get in the ring. You don't want that. See what happens. You don't want none of this. That'd be a good one. Specifically, he doesn't want me in my Speedo and my luchador mask. (laughs) That's not the table. Oh Yeah, that big uh, thud you heard was, you know, Colin reaching across the table and grabbing Tyler by the throat. Uh Uh-huh. Chunking down. TKO real quick. Yeah. All you'd have to do is just grab his beard and hold on, Tyler, cry like a baby. Uh, that's, that's what true. Piper does on a daily basis. <laughs> she tests my sanctification every time. You know, I'm not going to lie. You said Piper, and I first thought John. Mm. I was like, why is John Piper grabbing your beard? That's what I was shooting for. That's what we were shooting for. <laughs> oh, somebody needs to Photoshop that. John Piper grabbing Tyler's beard. If you do that, Tim will get a nose ring <laughs> for next week's episode. <laughs> Just post it on the Facebook page. By the way, what's our social medias, Tim? We haven't done that in a few weeks, actually. Facebook, at Fluent Grace Podcast. Instagram, at Fluent Grace Podcast. Twitter, Fluent Grace Pod. Because they're lame. The reject social media site. There you go. You know, pretty soon Twitter's going to go the way of MySpace. All because of the... Arzanga, R.I.P. Oh, Arzanga. Have we talked about Zanga on the podcast? I think we referenced it. Have we? I used to love Zanga, just FYI. Colin still has no clue what that is. <clears throat> yeah. I think Zanga's still out there, actually. I love how Colin continually references himself in the third person. You I know, I, so finally, I finally figured out why that is. Why it was it? the other day. Speaking of Twitter, it was the other day. His Twitter handle is the Colin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's so ingrained in who he is uh-huh. that he's just got to reference himself Instagram as Instagram as well. I yeah. Mean, just <laughs> yeah. The Colin. As opposed to the other Colin. If we have a listener out there that makes T-shirts, we want T-shirts that say the Colin. How about that? With his bitmoji on there. All right, real question. Real question. How far out are we from being able to sell merch? <laughs> I don't think that's the question we can answer. <laughs> Maybe the listeners can. All right, listeners. All you people in San Antonio, we've given y'all shouts out, shout outs. All you people in Mississippi that don't ever listen. Uh, what? Forkies! Forkies represent. Uh, hey, actually, again, we were talking about this earlier. Our listenership in France is going up. We've gone up from one listener to five. Wow. So, hey. Still impressive. They saw that French last name. That's true. That's true. They saw Tyler's uh, last Le name. Lacroix. Yeah. Mm. Although we talked about Lacroix last week. That might have had oh. something to do with it, too. 
How many listeners do we have in Salt Lake City? <laughs> Negative listeners. Uh, yeah, them in Mississippi, they haven't bought on yet. They're not jumping. Bought in. You're telling me the Mormon temple's not jumping on our podcast? No. Uh, old Joseph Smith, I'm pretty sure he wrote that in the scriptures. Don't, uh, their scriptures. Let me uh, clarify that. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> Correction. I'm pretty sure he put that in the Mormon Bible. Thou shalt not listen to Tyler on Fluent Grace. Mm. So... Don't be salty, Joseph. Yeah, he's rolling over in his some bogus crap, and people bought in. How about that? I it still blows me away that somewhere in the scriptures they say the world's going to end in the 1800s, and they're still I, following the scriptures. They still are, and the world is obviously not over. So, uh, if you're in Salt Lake City right now and you're listening, please let me know why you believe that. I'd love to converse with you. And two, I don't, I, I'm. You lost me. Uh, I'm out. Peace out on that. Uh, so this week, where are we going to go this week? What are we going to talk about? We're going to eventually get to some good stuff, uh, but I'm going to throw out a couple dumb debates. And I'm going to start this thing off with, is it a weed eater or a weed whacker? Hmm. Well, I will throw my vote out there that it's it's neither here in Alabama. Because... Hmm. Weed eater, I mean, that just, that's too many syllables. You just got to say it real fast. Weed eater. You just going to go grab the weed eater and going to go out there and cut the grass, man. So there's my vote. How would you spell that, Colin? Uh, (laughs) We just found out Colin's from Mississippi. (laughs) Closet Mississippian. That's me. (laughs) All right. I'll ask you, how do you spell that, Colin? Weed eater. W-E-E-D-E-A-D-E-R. There's a D in there, not with, a T. With no space, all one word. Yeah, all one word. We don't have time to put spaces and syllables. We got to get the job done. I got gotcha. you. Tyler, weigh in. What I'm, do you think? I'm going weed eater. Eater? I mean, what is a weed whacker? That's my question. I'm thinking of like the... The thing like that the Grim Reaper carries, like the the stick with the giant curved blade on yes. the end, that's a weed whacker. Yes, yes. It My would also is, whack off somebody's head. I think of whack-a-mole, where you're just like popping the little thing at the arcade. You know, you've got this big padded club, you know, and you're whacking the moles or the alligators or whatever it is, right? That's not what I do when I go out and trim my grass. You know? Can you imagine, I, though? When I I hear weed whacker, I think of like the 93-year-old woman who's got the little electric (laughs) weed eater that's like two pounds, and she has to charge it every three minutes that she uses it. That's what I picture. $29.95 from Walmart. (laughs) From Walmart, definitely. She might even got it from Dollar General. I mean... Son, I got me my weed whacker. (laughs) I just gotta go whack it. Yep. So, yeah, I think we can all agree that, uh, especially down in our part of the old U.S. of A., it's a weed eater. Weed eater. If you call it a weed whacker, you're just wrong. There you go. You're just wrong. It's the bottom line. Thanks to Tyler for always having the short, sweet, simple, but right answer. (laughs) All right. I I got one that I saw on Facebook of one of my neighbors who actually just recently moved to L.A., he was talking about a debate. Is it dinner or supper? Mm. Ooh. What is it? 
See, I feel like for me, that's changed over the years. I feel like originally I always called it supper, and then for some reason I've started calling it dinner. Mm. I have no reason for that. I don't know why I started doing that. I don't even know if it's right or not, but that's what I've started doing. What's the difference between dinner and supper? I feel like there's a very technical answer that someone could give us, but I have no clue what that technical answer is. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing, just spelled differently. There you go. (laughs) I agree. I'm going to go with supper, though. I like supper. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people call lunch dinner. What? Yeah. So, like, some folks will say, like, breakfast and then dinner referring to lunch. You're just wrong. Well, yeah, we went. Know. We went to. Uh, we went to Maryland to serve at that that YFC camp. Their board said, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And somebody said supper, and they didn't have a clue what we were talking about. So probably the same people that we whack. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I do think supper is a, a southern thing. Yeah, but actually, I, I'm with you, Tim. I call it dinner now too. Hashtag bring back supper. There you go. Bring back. Supper. Let's make it trend. Hey, what are you eating for supper, by the way? I don't know. You have I, any idea? I didn't even eat lunch. Uh, so. I had a pack of trail mix and a Coke for lunch and breakfast. I had a large breakfast this morning at Waffle House. Had a meeting at Waffle House. Ooh, hey. A pork shop dinner with double hash browns. A gas station bathroom that serves food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually one time found rat poop in my cup of water at Waffle uh, House. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Next. We also, hold on, I got to rip on Waffle House a little bit. We went, me and two buddies uh, went to eat there, and uh, it was late at night after something we'd been doing. I don't know. And so we all ordered our food. Uh, me and one of my friends got what we ordered. And uh, the other guy ordered so much that they brought most of it out to him but forgot his waffle. And so finally we get to the end of the night, like we'd been there probably 45 minutes, and the waitress finally remembers that he had a waffle that he was supposed to get. Mm. Well, she had left it in the little waffle, waffle maker. And so it was straight up black. Like it was charcoal waffle. She brings it out on a plate and asks him if he still wants it. <laughs> you ordered your waffle well done. He said, no thanks. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a little oh, char. Good. Just a little bit. That's funny. Uh, Colin literally has nothing over here to uh, to rant about or even to go back and forth about. So... You got nothing you feel strongly about? Not really. Nothing you don't care anything about? He's a simple man, Tim. <laughs> hey, I've got something. Man. All right. Oh, boy. I'm going round two. Who the heck eats mayonnaise? Oh, gross. <clears throat> or even like sour cream and ranch dressing. Gross. That stuff's all good for nothing but to be thrown out. Queso is a good, um, is good though. It is. It is. But it's cheese, and you're that cheese head. Oh, I do love cheese. Yeah. Cheese is good. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna get you for Christmas. I'm gonna get you one of those Wisconsin cheese heads. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, except I'm Green not Bay a, I hate Green Bay. I'm a Saints fan. Well, it's just a cheese head. It has nothing to do with Green Bay if you don't look at it that way. Oh, okay. It's just a cheese head. That's all it is. Colin, mayonnaise, ranch dressing, sour cream. What do you think? Uh, I'm eating all of it. Oh my oh, goodness! Gross. Come on. Mayonnaise in, uh, you know, just a light, light mayonnaise. Can't have the thick. You know, piled on their mayonnaise, but it, it can it can be light. And then on a bologna biscuit, oh, I mean bologna on a bologna sandwich. I mean that is mm, happiness right there. There are only a few things in life that actually make me gag. Mm-hmm. Going to uh, like a subway 
ordering a sandwich mm-hmm. and watching them like I don't even have a good adjective to describe what they do with the mayonnaise. Uh, not on my sandwich, obviously, but like in other people in line when they order it. Like that's straight up gag right there. Or at Chipotle when they glob on the sour cream. Yep. I'm it. I'm out. Out. Yep. What about cream cheese? No. Oh, gross. Oh, no. My. No. no. What do y'all cheese. eat? <laughs> not that junk. There was a thing of milk that had been in the uh, refrigerator in our uh, student room probably for the past couple months. Oh, gross. There is as much chance of me just taking a big swig of that as there is globbing some mayonnaise on the sandwich. Mm. Oh, I have a stomach that can withstand anything. Blood, bones sticking out, vomit. But if you give me some rent milk, oh, I'm I'm puking (laughs) Can you spell rent? R-U-R-N-T, rent. Oh goodness! Good times. This has been good spelling class for Colin. It is. I like that third person again. The The Colin. Colin. (laughs) What are we talking about today? Yeah. So we've got a couple questions, and uh, pretty big questions. We've had a lot of big questions the last few weeks, so hopefully it's been helpful for those that have been listening. But we're going to start off with this question: Why is it so hard to be consistent in the Christian life as a teenager? Right, this is a student podcast, so everything we say is going to be geared towards students. Uh, I will say, as I've said before, though, what we talk about is not only for students. Right? If you're not a student, this you is know how inconsistent stuff. you are. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, that's the question we're going to start off with. Why is it so hard to be consistent in the Christian life as a teenager? I, uh, you know, when I first saw this question. I, the first thing that came to mind is how. Um, easy it is to get into a habit and particularly bad habits and so looking at this question and thinking about myself as a teenager trying to live the Christian life as a teenager I found myself falling into those bad habits that um, whether that habit would have been for self-pleasure or just laziness or whatever the habit was it's very easy to get in a bad habit, um, but it takes time and it takes direct focus to get into a good habit. And I think that that is what helped me the most was just having my focus fixed on being um, the best version that I could be in my Christian life. Uh, did I still fail? Absolutely. Do I still fail today? Absolutely. But having my focus on something, i.e. Jesus and his love that he has for me and he's poured out on me, was very key in um, me being able to just live the consistent life. So really what I hear you saying right there is it is easy to be consistent. It's hard to be consistent in the right way. Exactly. We can build those bad habits, and man, it's easy to just live in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, making the bad choices, the the stupid decisions, the you know the dumb choices that lead us all down the the wide path to destruction. But the hard part is being consistent in a way that pleases Christ. So why is it hard to be consistent? <laughs> <laughs> because you're a human. That's why it's hard to be consistent. Look at Tyler bringing the short, sweet, simple, right answer. <laughs> he loves to do that. Jeremiah 17, 
uh, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I think that's pretty, that pretty much sums it up. And also, let's, just, let's go to Romans chapter 3 and read what it says about who we are. Let's see. It says this, No one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. Oh, that's encouraging. No one does good, not even one. Their throat's an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. So that's, uh, that's who we are outside of Jesus. And so why is it hard to be consistent because that's what undergirds your life. And even for somebody who is following Christ and uh, you know has the Holy Spirit in their life, it doesn't mean you don't still struggle with that stuff. That's right. Yeah. You're justified, you're Absolutely. made right, and you're yep. clean, but that doesn't you still have indwelling sin that you yep. deal with until until you're glorified. Yep. And so even Paul said, or he said on multiple occasions. I don't do the things that I should do, and I do the things I shouldn't do. Right? He's talking about sin. Uh, he still struggled with sin. Even Paul the Apostle, after his amazing conversion, uh, away from his lifestyle of being the religious guy. They wrote 13 books in the Bible. There you go, and he still struggled with sin. That's right. I bet you he still struggled with being consistent in his Christian life, too. Like, literally, he was face-to-face -face with Jesus, and Jesus <laughs> set him apart. Jesus physically, like, blinded him. That'd be crazy. Yeah. And then healed his sight, and he still struggled with it. Then you get to one of the last books that he writes, and he says, I'm the chief of sinners. So not only does he struggle with sin, but he recognizes that his sin is so much greater than anything he had ever thought it was previously in his life. But the beauty of it is Paul, as well as believers, can cling to the gospel, which states, despite your inconsistency— the gospel levels the playing field and draws a line in the sand and says, today I'm incon inconsistent, but I can draw a line in the sand and tomorrow start afresh and anew. Mm -hmm. yeah, so new mercies every day. Yep. And I think something that also to add there is sin and the adversary and the temptation, it never ends. Um, whether you are... 12 years old and living a simple life or you're 21 or you're 81 whatever your age is wherever you're at in life sin and adversity and just the temptations of life are always going to be there um, and we have to cling to uh, one of the verses in 1st Corinthians says victory through our Lord Jesus Christ we have to cling to that victory because uh, we in fact have to live in that victory because Christ has made us victorious through his overcoming of death. I think a lot of times when we uh, have questions that are like this, one of the one of the answers to it that I've heard before, um, why is it hard to, to follow Jesus? Or why is it hard to um, not do the things that we know we're supposed to do? Uh, three answers that are thrown out uh, kind of as a group are the world, the flesh, and the devil. I don't know if y'all have heard that before. Uh, so Tyler's already mentioned the flesh part of it, right? We don't need the world or the devil to bring us down. Like, we are sinners. We are 
uh, our hearts are deceitful above all things without any outside influences. Um, that's part of the curse of sin that we inherited. Uh, so without the the world or without the, the devil, we are still going to be struggling with these inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. That being said, the world and the devil definitely play a big role in that. First John talks about this, chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Uh, the author says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And here's where it gets more specific. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Uh, So this idea that those things are uh, outside influences that tend to draw us away from Christ and make it more difficult to live that consistent life. So the desires of the flesh, right, the things that we want to do that we know are not right, the desires of the eyes, that which we want to look at, um, but we know it is not honoring to Christ. And the pride of life, who doesn't struggle with proud thoughts or being exhibiting pride in their life, you know, wanting to think they're better than somebody else, right? We could spend months just talking about pride and just the different ways that's seen, uh, especially in our culture. Um, but these three things right? They definitely play a part in making it difficult to live a consistent Christian life, one that wants to please and follow Christ. And then you've got the devil, right? Uh, Satan. He's kind of a big character in the Bible. Not necessarily a good character, right? <laughs> the villain. Do y'all like ever picture him like with like the horns and like the... the Pitchfork. <laughs> I saw a... Uh, too bad you can't see my impersonation of Satan over the microphone. That's right. But he looks like a goober. He really does. Uh, I saw something the other day. I think a lot of times we take, um, uh, we don't take Satan seriously enough. There was a piece of candy on this particular website uh, that was called the Devil's Toenail. Oh, gross. <laughs> what in the world? It was like a red uh, sucker that was supposedly like the hottest sucker you could buy. And they called it the Devil's Toenail. The Devil's Toenail. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything we're really talking <laughs> Stay about. Stay away but, from Devil's Toenails. But. Right. Don't eat Devil's Toenails. <laughs> However, Devil's Toenails, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> we'll take your money. Uh, we will. <laughs> eh. I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll redeem your Devil's Toenails. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. We'll, we'll rename it. We'll have that conversation later. Uh, anyway, but so the passage that that we can look to and, and see this is First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And it says this, uh, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So not only do we have our flesh to contend with, not only do we have the world to contend with, but we've got the devil who is actively seeking out those that he can destroy and draw away from Christ. And he does that in a number of different ways. Right? He does it in the obvious ways, but he also does it in the subtle ways, things like making us too busy or uh, in the student world, you know, uh, making our times with Jesus shorter and shorter until eventually they're non-existent or trying to get us to believe all the, oh, I don't know, cultural things that uh, say that sin isn't really sin. Right, all these different things that, that he tries to do. So, uh, world, flesh, and devil, those are, those are three things that make it difficult to be consistent uh, in the Christian life. I also saw this, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Speaking of culture, 
one of the ways that I think it's, or one of the reasons I think it's difficult is because a lot of times our culture is inconsistent. I've got a for example. Y'all will appreciate this. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter earlier. Uh, Lame. Yeah, agreed. Uh, New York, great state of New York. Mm-hmm. Statue of Liberty, New York Knicks, all those things, right? Big Clip, Apple. Or the Clippers. Knicks or Clippers? Clippers? Who's the Clippers? I thought they were New York. No, L.A., bro. There's a Brooklyn. 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 Not Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, New York set to become the first. No, Colin's laughing over there. Sorry. New York set to become the first U.S. state to make declawing a cat illegal. Oh. So what you're telling me is this is the same state that like a month ago passed this abortion bill that says you can abort your baby up to like 36 weeks or something. Exactly. But I can't get my cat declawed. Right. But I can kill a human life. Right. Got it. Where is the consistency in that? I don't see any, Tim. We're protecting the paw of a cat where ultimately you're not hurting the cat at all. No. There are now, if PETA listens to this, I'm going to get like reamed, I'm sure. But, you know, you're not hurting a cat. There's plenty of declawed cats out there that live just fine, wonderful lives in their homes eating, you know, food that's better than a lot of people eat. But that's another subject. <laughs> um, but then you've got, yeah, this this abortion deal where they're saying, yeah, it's no problem. You don't want it, kill it. Mm. Not a big deal. There's no consistency there. So I say that just to say this. It's A lot of times it's hard to be consistent in the Christian life because that's what we have modeled all around us at all times. Mm. Um, that's what we see. That's what we hear. That's what people around us do. That's what, right, this is the government of a state. Uh, right or wrong, a lot of times we look up to um, those governments as having some level of authority and needing to be at least partially right, but then you've got stuff like this that, that is just trash. Backwards. Mm. To use Tyler's phrase, poop emoji. Poop emoji. Yeah. It's a big one. Yep. yep. So anyway, moving on. Next. Just a second. Hold one on. Sec. Colin's got one oh, thing to say. Come on, Colin. The Colin. We what have found the, a little bit of what passion. What does the word say we should do in that situation, Tim? Glad you asked. The word says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I don't know about y'all, but I struggle to pray for those who persecute me and who I would consider to be my enemy. But that's what the word says we're supposed to do. And so I think we as Christians need to unite more in praying for those who persecute us. Hmm. That's a novel idea. I don't claim full um, rights to that, but I'm just going to emphasize the point there. Were you quoting Jesus there? I think I was. Mm -hmm. That Jesus guy who died for us. Yeah. He was persecuted a little bit. I would go a little bit. I would go with a lot of bit. A lot of bit. (laughs) Yeah. He's killed. Yeah. You know. And he rose from the dead three days days later. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Big deal. Man. That's the gospel. That's gospel. Good call. Way to way to bring that to the now we can move on to the forefront. Moving on, question number two, uh, and again, this is related. We like to try to keep these questions 
as related as possible, but what does it mean to have a relationship or a walk with God, right? What does that really mean? We hear that thrown out in church circles all the time. Well, you just need to have a relationship with God. Jesus died for you, so you need to walk with God. What in the world does that actually mean? <laughs> what does it not mean? Let's, let's start looking at the negative. What does it not mean? We're all looking at Tyler right now because we know he has some I'm just gonna, yeah. I was, I was gonna say the same thing. I think Tyler might just take over this one question here and run with it for days. I gotta think about it. Translation: Tyler has to think about how to uh, verbalize it in a way that doesn't run off every other listener that we have. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you a couple things that it doesn't mean. Uh, Having a walk or relationship with God does not mean that you just show up at church as much as possible and think everything's okay. Mm, Preach. Having a walk or relationship with God does not mean that you will have all the right answers to everything in life. Mm, Preach. Or that life will go good for you. Or that you will make a lot of money. Or how about this? Uh, Do y'all know the name Kenneth Copeland? I do. You do? I do. I don't. How, did you watch the video? I didn't watch the video, but I saw a picture of him the other day. That dude looks straight oh up creepy. Gosh. There's a video where this girl interviews him. Just you, you need to. It's on Facebook. Just look up Kenneth Copeland interview and be triggered. <laughs> so for those who don't know Kenneth Copeland, he don't is. Don't waste your time uh, with him. Yeah, don't. I'm gonna say this in as loose a way as possible, and imagine me using air quotes right now which I'm not really because I'm imagining it as well. But, uh, right, his title is uh, televangelist, I believe. Also known as poop emoji. (laughs) Translated, he's one of these guys that that gets on TV and is recorded preaching sermons. But he's also one of these guys that spends all this money that he's made doing TV things uh, on private jets. And a lavish lifestyle. Extremely lavish lifestyle. So uh, we could dig into some of his poor theology. Uh, we're not going to do that right now because we don't have time for that. But having a walk with God, relationship with Christ, does not mean that you get to live a lavish lifestyle um, because Jesus is going to make everything okay. Mm. Not what it means. True. That's true. You know, for me, uh, looking at this question and just thinking about it, um, we're only given a very, very short amount of time here on earth in the grand scheme of things. I think the average male is living 76 years right now. Ooh, baby. And when you're looking at 76 years compared to, y'all can argue about how long the world's been here some other day, but, you know, look, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 years, 5 million years, however many long it is, 76 years is not that much. And so for me personally, what it means to have a relationship slash walk with God is I've been given a short time here on earth. And I've also been given the privilege of being a child of God through his son's sacrifice. And I'm going to live every day of however long I'm here to his glory. And I'm going to fail sometimes. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be days where I look back and I'm like, you know what? I really didn't do so good that day. But his grace abounds over that. 
and it always will, which again is hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah, that's a good point in that another thing that having a walk with Christ doesn't mean is that you're perfect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that at all. Mm-mm. I think a lot of times we wish it does. I think um, in a walk with Christ, you realize more of your imperfections. Mm. Kind of to our point earlier about Paul, you know, as he went uh, further on in his life, you see it in his writings that he communicates more and more an awareness of how deep his sin uh, really went. Going from, yeah, I don't do the things that I should do, to, hey, I'm the chief of sinners. Nobody sins more than I do or worse than I do. Uh, that's what Paul did. Well, I think when you understand what it means to have a relationship to God, it, it humbles. Like there's no way to, be, to have a relationship with God and be prideful, hmm. a healthy relationship. Because, A, you know where your, your relationship comes from. It didn't come from your initiative. It came from his. And so if God doesn't take initiative in redeeming you and giving you his spirit, then you have no relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do to, do to get that. The Lord gives. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That's what Jonah chapter 2 says. And so, um, we, I mean, we can argue the whole election and debate and all that all you want, but reality is... God initiates in our relationship. He's the one that, that does the, the courting, you know. And so it humbles us. And then also, um, what does it look like? I, I think um, I always, I've referenced this before on here, but I think a relationship to me, I, I like to look at it through the lens of life as worship, kind of like what Colin was sitting on. First um, Corinthians ten thirty one. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do all things to the glory of God. And so what does it look like to have a relationship? As I'm sitting here doing this podcast, it means doing this podcast for his glory. And and how can I glorify him in sitting here and doing this podcast to make much of him in that? How can I glorify God when I go get a donut at Krispy Kreme? How can I glorify God at Crystal's? How can I glorify God at home with my child or with my wife or whatever? Or if you're a student, how can you glorify God in the band or on the field or for all you homeschoolers, uh, honoring your parents or your siblings. So what does it mean to, to, to live a Christian life? Glorifying the Lord in whatever you're doing. Yeah, and as we think about it in that context, uh, I think John fifteen five uh, is a good passage that applies to that, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Right? For us to have a successful life with Christ, we're going to bear fruit. You're not going to just sit around and you know, be successful. That's not the way it works. That doesn't work that way in the secular world. Right? The person that sits around all the time is typically not the one that ends up getting the CEO position and, and having a successful life from the world's perspective. Well, the same is true of a, of a Christian life. You don't just sit around and you know, expect to bear fruit for Christ. Um, you've got to abide in him. That's an active uh, word right there. Uh, So part of having that relationship and walk with God is abiding in him. Uh, Part of it is, well, part of abiding is obeying him. Uh, This is the part we don't like to talk about um, because then it starts um, encroaching on what we want to do and what makes us happy and what the world says we should or should not be doing. Uh, you got John 14, 15. says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, what are the, some of the things that Christ has commanded us to do? When we, when we start thinking about those things, 
we start realizing that when I do not obey, which is often, I'm not having a successful uh, relationship or walk with Christ. Got to remember who you belong to. That's right. Going back to the initiative. You didn't sign. Orphans can't sign adoption papers. Only the parent can. Mm, good stuff. So, Speaking of parents, shout out, Dad, to these next two um, thought processes that go into these statements. It's Father's Day this Sunday. It is. No, no not next no, Sunday. Next Sunday. Ooh, I almost freaked out. I got to preach on Father's Day. So <laughs> I, was like, I hope it's not this Sunday. But actually, if we're being technical about it, since this won't get published until Tuesday, it is this Sunday. Oh. How about that? So shout out to your dad. So shout for all you people that. that are listening, Father's Day is this Sunday. Don't forget it. Yeah. Um, something that he taught me that, that is very practical for, for this is uh, a little statement that goes like this is live in the present, learn from the past, prepare for the future. And that's been really key uh, in my upbringing and the stage of life that I'm in right now is you have to be 100% in the present. You can't be so worried about the future or in the same way be so worried about your wrongdoings in the past. Uh, live in the present, learn from the past, prepare for the future. That's trademark Nike <laughs> by Mr. Cheryl. Yep, can't take that. <laughs> I'm sure you can take that for the right amount of money, though. <laughs> I think all of that, you know, you can sum it up, Second Corinthians 5.17, uh, that talks about the fact that when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. We're not the same old person that we used to be. Uh, so what does it really mean to have a relationship or a walk with God that is successful? It means we have a changed life. Our life should not look like the life of those around us that don't know Jesus. If it does, something's off. Uh, something's off, and as John Chris says, you need to check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. Before you wreck yourself. I don't know if he says that part of it, but, <laughs> you know, Tyler's edition, the old John Christ. There um, you go. So anyway, we're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Uh, we need to live in that. Uh, live as new creatures, ones that, that follow Christ in all areas. Um, choose Jesus. I think you can boil it all down to that. In whatever situation you find yourself in, we've got a choice to make. We either choose to obey Scripture and follow what we know is right according to what God has said, or we choose to follow ourselves and do what our sinful flesh, our deceitful heart, uh, as Tyler referenced earlier from Jeremiah, right? We can make that choice. We can choose to uh, reject Christ. Well, that's not having a successful relationship or walk with God. So, it's good stuff. Those are just a few of the thoughts that could be had on those particular topics. <laughs> more can be said, more will be said, I'm sure, at some point. But that is not for today. For today, we're going to roll with a little Guinness World Record action. Shoot, yeah. Tyler, you got any like cool intro music for me over there? No, Colin. Oh, I don't. golly. All right, well, you were close. He was he was about to do it. I I felt it. I felt it coming. Um, we're gonna start this segment out. So bad. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna start this segment out with a little shout out to the uh, the food truck world. I love eating at food trucks. Y'all like eating at food trucks? What's your favorite food truck? I've eaten at one food truck ever. (laughs) (laughs) Then that's your favorite. I guess so. I'm pretty sure it was a Nathan's hot dog truck. No way. 
No. Tuscaloosa? Oh, man. No. I've so. not had a food truck from Tuscaloosa. Mm. So, yeah, speaking of speaking of hot dogs, today's Guinness World Record is the most expensive hot dog that is sold in America. Pretty sure I paid like two fifty for mine. All right. Well, this one. Two dollars and fifty cents. Two dollars and fifty cents. All right. Well, this one is being sold by a company called Tokyo Dog, and it's in Seattle, Washington. And you can get it for the low or high price of a hundred and sixty-nine U.S. dollars. And this thing looks like the most normal hot dog I've ever seen. Is it like Wagyu pig or something? Is there a pig Wagyu pig? Is that a thing? Like, why is this hot dog one hundred and sixty dollars? It better be coated in gold. I don't see any gold on it. It just looks like a normal hot dog. It better coat my intestines with liquid gold. And there is some type of condiment on top, and I'm not going to say it's mayonnaise, but it kind of looks like mayonnaise. I'm so out. there's oh, Tim's gross. out. Gross. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Tyler's you out. You could not pay me $169 to eat that one. <laughs> Truth. Literally, I wouldn't eat a hot dog for 100 bucks if it was coated in mayonnaise. No. It's not. I mean, I'm at the point in life where like, I'm not that desperate for 100 bucks. <laughs> like, I'm rich by no means. But I would not. I couldn't scoop that low. Yeah, need mayonnaise. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I I'd go. I'd go straight like bovine and eat grass before I did that. <laughs> true. You know, I would too. Start pulling a Nebuchadnezzar and getting on all fours, <laughs> chewing the cud. Chewing the cud. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Your Guinness World Record update for the day. Go buy a hot dog, in honor of Collins. Uh, record that he just passed on to us buy a hot dog at a food truck there you go <laughs> or don't if you don't like uh different animal parts mixed together <laughs> in a mystery meat whatever you do though pass on the mayonnaise save you some calories right get you that uh that beach bod going skip the mayonnaise we should actually talk about what is mayonnaise like just the nastiness that is mayonnaise i, one, bet, one there's, I bet there's fewer ingredients in mayonnaise than there is in hot dogs that's probably true <laughs> All right. Very true. Very true. <laughs> oh, that's it for today. Episode number 15. We will move on to 16 next week. And I think for next week, just to give everybody a little heads up as to what's coming. Ooh, give um, a little taste. Yeah, we'll give a little taste. Uh, I, I think we're just going to dig a little deeper with every episode. How about that? Y'all feel okay about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk through why does God allow trials and temptations to come into our lives? That ought to be fun. Because that's not a big topic at all. So we're going to look at that. Uh, We also had a question come through the old email account that we are going to speak to next week. Um, It's kind of related to this idea of trials and temptations uh, from James chapter 1. The question is uh, about wisdom and doubting. Again, also from James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. So that's coming up next week. Everybody tune in, listen to that. If you have any questions for us, feel free to shoot them over to us. Uh, shoot them to us in an email, fluentgracepodcast at gmail.com. We will check on that on the regular. What they want to comment on social media? <laughs> if y'all would like to comment social media, you are welcome to do that as well. Tyler, what are those? Uh... Why don't you inform us, Tim? I like it when you do it. I, I just want to know, see if you actually know what they are. I, I just know we have Twitter at Fluent Grace Pod. <laughs> and let's be real honest, we don't ever check the Twitter. So uh, don't don't hit us up on Twitter. 
Why do we even have Twitter? You will not find Twitter anymore. We're killing it today. Yeah, but it's so easy to rip on, though. That's my thing with it. We'll still rip on it. (laughs) Well, I think it's more of a rip not having it than supporting it. That's true. Twitter man, if you just heard that, uh, you just lost a Twitter account. So I bet he's going to lose sleep over that tonight. Trigger. He should. He should. (laughs) Call me up, Twitter guy. I'm sure if you're that rich, you can find my number. Uh, You can beg to have us back. Anyway, Facebook, Instagram, Fluent Grace Podcast. Y'all go check that out. Like us, follow us, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. The more y'all do that, the more we can do this. Uh, So we would appreciate it. I think that's all we got for today, gentlemen. With that, we're done. Gooses. Later. We out.